Hello, welcome. You're listening to Feed, Play, Love, a bite-sized parenting podcast, a place you can find advice, understanding and support as you care for your small humans. I'm Siobhan Hunt. After you have children, travel can feel like a thing of the past. It may be because you have just worked out the perfect blind background noise cot setup that allows your baby to sleep through the night and you're not risking any disruption to your newfound peace. Or it might be because just going to the park feels like you're climbing Everest. But comedian Peter Hellyer and his wife Bridget want you to shift your perspective. They've written a book called Trippin' with Kids, How to Have Fun on Family Holidays Like You Used to Before You Had Kids. Peter, Bridget, welcome to Feed, Play, Love. Thank Thank you. you. Thanks for having us. Now, I have to ask, have you guys been everywhere you write about in this book? (laughs) <laughs> no, we. I think, well, pretty much. Well, we've been we've been to uh, most of the places, you know, because there's the destinations, and then within the destinations, there's lots of things, you know. Yeah. And uh, we had a discussion very early on about that. Are we only writing about where we've been? Because there's sometimes sometimes we've been to places that we regret not not going and doing this thing on this day because you know one of the kids got sick or, or they were a bit tired. So it wasn't a good enough reason to keep that out of a of the travel book. Um, so. Uh, we haven't quite been. Uh, we've been the, the destinations, but not everything within the book. If you, if that makes sense. Right, but yeah. still a lot of travelling for um, a family with three boys. How yeah. old are the boys now? So when did you start travelling with them? Uh, Liam's in year, uh, year twelve, so he's uh, about to turn eighteen, and Aiden's fifteen, and Oscar's eleven. So yeah, we we, we made a, a decision in about two thousand and nine. I we just thought. We didn't want to put traveling off any longer. Traveling was really important to both of us. And we just thought, let's, you know, let's just make a part of our lives. And um, like, I remember having that conversation and, you know, over a, a bottle of wine um, and, and we started planning a trip to France on that day. And, and uh, you know, a few months later, we went six weeks around France with the, with the kids. And, um, and it was just the most magical time two years after that we went backpacking around eastern europe and and it just became like not only the trips great but the planning of the trips is great you almost feel like you're on holidays as soon as you start talking about it really okay so let's talk about the planning because i don't want to generalize uh, i certainly don't know what your family life is like and who organizes things but I must say, I think every holiday we've had, I've been the organiser. Right, exactly. <laughs> and so Bridget's putting her hand up. I think organise it, though. I think, <laughs> I, I, think it, I just couldn't. It wouldn't, I don't know. <laughs> no. you don't, do you not trust oh, Peter, Bridget? Not that I don't trust him, but... Um, I don't trust me. He might very forget kind. that are really important. Yeah, I, I will have a, um, you know, I will throw in a few suggestions, you know, things I might like to do. I mean, when we went to we went to Denmark, and uh, I thought we were going to Italy, um, <laughs> <laughs> but because because our son at the time casually mentioned the bridge one day that he wants to go to Legoland in, in in Denmark, it became it became Denmark without behind my back, really. I've got family in Denmark, so it wasn't like you know just some random let's go to Legoland. <laughs> I thought we could visit my family. It's a great country. <laughs> a little bit colder than Italy. <laughs> that was a good trip. Yeah, so that trip. first trip to France, how old was your youngest? Two. Two. Oscar was two. Right. Um, and it was the year that um, Pete's a really mad Collingwood supporter. 
So it was the year that Collingwood drew in the grand final and had to replay the following week. And we were flying out before that second grand final. Oh, so we dear. had to scramble and change our plans. Um, and we ended I, up flying. I, I would like to say only once did I kind of this like, just very kind of just briefly mention the possibility, just float the possibility of putting the, the trip back a week. And um, <laughs> it, was shut down. it was shut down pretty quickly, um, but compassionately. And, and I, I didn't really want to cancel or postpone it because because of the, the, the amount of planning that Bridge had put into the trip, it was going to be pretty unfair for me to put that all into disarray. But uh, we did we did have um, some negotiations about... Yeah, we had to change. <laughs> yeah, we were supposed to be going to Normandy the day of the grand final. And I just thought, there's no way I'll be able to see the grand final in Normandy. They're still hung up on the World War II. And um, so, <laughs> so we negotiated. I said, how about we go to London first? And then we settled on we settled on the uh, Dublin. So we watched the um, so we just kind of knocked around our first few days of the of the trip in France. Where did we miss out on the um, Wild well, Valley? Yeah. Uh, so and then for, <laughs> we, we had our which with kids it's probably not a big deal. Yeah, we had our wedding anniversary, our ten year wedding anniversary, a couple of years later. So I took Bridge there. The bit we missed out on, we took I took her there for our. our um, oh, well, you made up for it. Made well, I can it. see I can see why your marriage has lasted so long, but I'm I'm sorry, Pete. It has to do with Bridget actually <laughs> agreeing <laughs> to even tweak it to watch the grand final. I mean, I get it. My husband's into his AFL. He wouldn't have been polite about it. He would have just said, <laughs> "So at least you know you tried." Yeah. Well, we got our trip two years later. It was better doing it that part of France, but uh, there's the two of us because obviously it's like it's heavily winery uh, based. And Collingwood won. So it was a win-win, I think. Uh, <laughs> but two years old, I've got to say, um, you've, you've written in this book about different ages and what to consider um, about different ages your kids are at when it comes to travelling. And I have to say, my children are now eight and six. And to me, it seems like two must be the most challenging age to travel with. Given your children are now grown and you can reflect back on that period, is it the most challenging age when they're toddlers and they're getting into everything? I found when they were at the crawling age probably the hardest because they really wanted to, and I'm a bit of a germaphobe, so crawling around on an aeroplane floor. Was just, <laughs> um, yeah, I found that the hardest. I just wanted to keep picking them up and yeah, holding on to them. When they're walking, it's a bit better. Oscar at two on a big trip, he was tired. Like, he, I think you look at the first week, he was probably jet lagged for a week. And, but he just slept everywhere. So it was like, okay, to let him do that. It can be tricky to reason, you know, with a two-year-old still, like when, when they are tired, whether, you know, whether you're traveling or whether you're at home. And I do remember uh, Oscar became obsessed with these uh, string puppets that we got in Poland and in Krakow. And, um, and he insisted when we were walking around that he had to walk with these string puppets and not have them step on cracks. You'd heard the thing about stepping on cracks. So when you're walking around Krakow in this pebbled, you know, these pebbled cobblestone uh, alleyways, it is, you know, it's a long time to, to navigate Krakow. Now, the title of your book does say how to have fun on family holidays like you used to before you had kids. Um, that seems a case in point that, you know, just getting from A to B is going to be you're going to have to be a little bit more open to uh, 
maybe following their lead. I mean, how do you deal with that kind of situation? Because kids are always, they're never going to do what you want them to do. So is that sort of a mindset and how you went into it? You, you don't see as much. Like you need to have those breaks, especially when they're younger. You've got to get back to the apartment or the hotel wherever you decide to stay and, and let them have sleeps. And so you don't get to as many things. You race around museums and those things a lot quicker, which I don't kind of mind racing around a museum. I don't want to spend all day there. But you've got to realise that what you saw before is going to be different. But we didn't really just stick with the kids' stuff. We went and saw what we wanted to see as well. We just made it a little bit yeah, we could, well, easier for them to cope with. Yeah, like we just compacted some stuff so we wouldn't spend as long in places as we may have. We were really, really keen with this book not to make it a, a you know a, a global tour of you know creches around the world and play gyms and often with the with our publishers who are, who are great but they would say oh where where should the kids eat or where should you know it's like they eat where we eat we're not going to you know little little kids cafes you know in every city we'll, we'll just go to where we want to eat and the kids can find something on the menu <laughs> yeah. you know so but also I think in the planning stages talking with the kids about where they want to go let, let them be a part of the the process and the, the you know the making the choices of where they might want to go and and um, what they might want to see and 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 you know, making the balancing you know act of, of you know okay we're going to do this for us but you know tomorrow we're going to the zoo or you know this trying to get that mix right. So of course I'm there is a bit of an elephant in the room at the moment as we're talking in the fact that you're based in Melbourne and you can't go anywhere anyway. Um, <laughs> so, but the book has not just overseas travel that is great for families, but you've also gone through everywhere in Australia that you have traveled to with your family and what you've enjoyed. And I'm just curious if you have a favorite spot in Australia. Well, I have so many. I mean, in Victoria, the Mornington Peninsula is just, there's just so much for kids to do, but it's fun for adults as well. Um, the whole of the Mornington Peninsula offers something whether you, you go to see animals and things like that or viewing things, you know, they've got great views and places to eat. And even some of the wineries have like a trampoline or a swing set. And so you can like have a lazy long lunch kind of in the winery setting and kids are running around. It's, it's a really lovely place to be. I don't mind giving a shout out. To, we, we had a really great uh, long weekend in, in Canberra and Canberra doesn't often get mentioned, <laughs> but there is plenty of stuff for kids to do in Canberra. The, the War Memorial is stunning. I went there as a kid and I hadn't been back there for, you know, since and um, they've done such beautiful work there and it's it's really moving. And uh, even we went, we went on, a, uh, it was the Easter weekend and we went on an Easter egg hunt in the old Parliament House. And, um, you know, even our oldest, uh, and this is only, you know, probably two years ago, um, he was a bit, you know, uh, didn't really want to do it, you know. <laughs> he was running around looking for eggs like a, yeah. like a two-year-old, so he was a bit. But they're actually running, they're running around looking for answers to the questions and then, you know, they got an Easter egg at the end. So he actually really, really enjoyed it. It was good to see that the boys working as a team and there's a great science um, uh, kind of works uh, thing there. So I think Canberra, it often gets derided, but there's actually heaps you can do. There's a great uh, cafe space cafe it's called and, and the, the, the kind of desserts and the you know and and the um we went there for breakfast and and the space yeah, space waffles and stuff like that and the, you know it's, a, it's it's certainly a sugar hit but um but, uh, the kids... <laughs> then you can I just run around uh, mm. yeah i think um port douglas would if, if i'm going out of my state 
I think I just, I would probably mention Port Douglas the most, wouldn't I? There's so much to do. There's so much culture there. It's warm. (laughs) (laughs) Snorkeling, you know, it just, it's just great. It's a really great place. I might try and get him to live there one day. Yeah. (laughs) And we want these Victorians that moves north because, yeah. Because of me. (laughs) (laughs) You mentioned before, Peter, that, you know, it's good to talk to kids about a trip before you take them there Um, but you talk in the book about when one of your kids was in primary school and I think you went to Poland is that right yeah yeah can you tell us why that was that that trip in particular was something you wanted to talk about in the book yeah that was that was something that I think really illustrates the power of travel and what what, we kind of think this story is always the essence of the book because uh, bridge pitched me this book like she she suggested it to me 10 years ago when we were going around france and it just i was like oh, can i just have this holiday please i'm you know like <laughs> do I have to, does everything have to turn into work you know <laughs> like, um, it's all content exactly exactly hashtag content um i so 10 eight, 10 years later or so i kind of just thought Actually, there is, it made more sense to me now, you know, because we've done all these trips with the kids. If I had to try to, you know, write that book 10 years ago, I wouldn't have had the experience of traveling with our kids, at, you know, at all different ages. So, and this kind of story was the one I kept on thinking about, which was we went to Oscar Schindler's museum, which is at his factory. And obviously our kids are at different ages. Oscar's probably four by now. And he, he's just running around. He's just zigzagging around, you know. Aiden uh, is a bit older. He's uh, probably uh, seven at that age, six or seven, and he is looking at looking at a lot of the artifacts and kind of taking you know those in. But Liam was our oldest, who's eight or nine, and he was looking at the um, not only looking at the artifacts, but taking his time and reading a lot of, of stuff that was there. And there was you know letters you know by kids who were in the ghettos at, at the time during, during World War Two, and um, and he was really taking it in and. And then when we went back to school, their class was doing a project on, on heroes. And um, a lot of the class were, were doing, you know, choosing their heroes and they were like sporting heroes, uh, Ricky Ponting and, and Daisy Thomas, you know, a, a famous Collingwood player at the time. And Liam chose Oscar Schindler. So he had to stand in front of the class and, and, and talk about Oscar Schindler. And we were told that a lot of the kids went home that night and they came back the next day and they had, they had changed their choice for a hero and, and they were making more, I guess, interesting choices like, you know, Weary Dunlop and, and uh, yeah, Nelson Mandela and all that. So for us, it just, it was a really, you know, a really great example of how travel can just, you know, broaden, you know, their, their minds. Because I think there's always the pull of, oh, should I take, should we take the kids out of school? And, and but I think they're going to learn more uh, in, in you know, six weeks traveling around Europe or whatever it might be. And also just the family time of having time with mum and dad, you know, when our phones aren't on all the time and then we're not working and, and having that time is, is, is so precious. And um, that was a story that kind of really has always, for me, shown the benefits of travel. And so you do talk as well about, about taking kids out of school and that it can be easier when they're smaller. Obviously, when, before they're at school, there's no problem. Um, and when they're at primary school, it's not such a big deal. I am curious to know, because my children are still young, 
how are they now? Because you said, you know, you want to travel with them when they're young and they enjoy doing it with you and they're not like wanting to hang out with their mates at the shopping mall. Oh, God, that makes me feel ill. Um, so what's it like now? Do you find the kids still want to travel with you because you've had that history with them? I think we mentioned to Liam last year, I mean, obviously we wouldn't travel while I was doing your 11 and 12, but um, oh, far off for a long time. But I, we said, oh, you know, would you come to Zimbabwe with us? And he goes, well, if you're playing, we, I will. <laughs> we don't want to change when he's 25. But um, I, I figure if it's going to be interesting enough, I think, yeah, if he doesn't have to pay for it, he might. But then Uni's going to become pretty big part of his life. He's going to have a job. So I don't know. I mean, the others are, are fine. I just feel like that the, the dynamic of the three together, um, you know, they've, they've got all their thing. Once they start to drop off, we'll just end up with one child. He probably won't want to come away with us at 15 if it's just the two of us and him, like it's just Oscar, he might be well, like, pretty cool parents. Come on, come <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we are, but <laughs> we would have, we would probably have to tailor holidays around him, you know, to, yeah. to uh, tra- attract him. It's, it's like putting in an, like an Olympic bid <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to show what we can offer um, to him. But um, yeah, and and that's and that's part of the reason, that, yeah, that why we really wanted to um, encourage parents to travel and that's really what the book's about it's just not to put it off because all of a sudden your older kids you know if you have three or four kids your older kids will be getting into those later years of school and you know your, your VCE or your, you know your year 11 and 12s and it is trickier to probably travel in those two years so and that, that comes really around really quickly I mean we're kind of it's a bit bittersweet kind of with this book because it's it's, it's great to reflect on all the traveling but it's also realistically um yeah, we don't know how many more family holidays we actually we actually have. Um, yeah, as far as it's all together. So, and we um, might have to learn how to travel together, just the two of us again. <laughs> oh, it'll be so easy! Come on, <laughs> you'll be like, oh, I only have two bags. That's great. <laughs> oh, we won't miss all the luggage we had to cart around. Yeah, tins of formula, uh, you know, and um, nappies. Nappies. Was, was, oh uh, God, yeah. I've got better over the years, but the first trip was tough. Mm. Yeah, so practice makes perfect. I feel a bit irresponsible, though, because now I have this really strong desire to go travelling overseas with my family. The (laughs) listeners might feel the same, and none of us can do it. So thanks, guys. Yeah, great. I know. (laughs) know Sorry, it is a bit ambitious releasing a travel book in a pandemic, but um, (laughs) but it is. Something to hope for. Well, it it is, you know. uh, Hopefully, as as, things uh, get easier, you know, it is... As I said earlier, part of the planning, as soon as we started planning a holiday, you kind of, it's part of the fun of it. And I think now more than ever, it's important to have some, you know, some plans and some, some dreams. And, and you know, who, who knows, you know, we might in the, the year or so be able to travel to New Zealand and, and some of the, there might even be a bubble with Vietnam or Singapore, Fiji. But there's a lot of practical advice. There's, there's anecdotes about our, about our travels. And yeah, so, you yeah, know, it's, it's a good time to dream. Yeah, well, I think it's once you put the plan in with travel, you put it in there, it'll happen. You just have to work towards it. Well, thank you so much. It's been such a pleasure to talk to you both. Um, And, yeah, well, if people want the book, we'll put links in the notes of the episode. Thanks so much, guys. Thank you. Thank you so much. That was lovely. 
That's Peter and Bridget Hellier. They're the authors of Trippin' with Kids. And as I mentioned, I'll put links to where you can get a copy of the book in the notes of this episode. Feed, Play, Love is a babyology podcast produced and presented by me, Siobhan Hunt. I'd love to hear from you. So if you'd like to get in touch, email me at feedplaylove at theparentbrand.com.au. See you next time. Thank you.